When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. I am Craig Borden, your host this week, with my typical gang of Adam Corsair, Brendan Panikar. Fellas, how are we doing today? Sweet. You got your brooms wow. ready? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. I was not expecting that, that's for sure. So when was the last time the Blue Jays were able to sweep an a, um, interleague play match would be or a series i guess would be for the whole season because that was actually legit we are not going to play the braves again this season took all six games never <laughs> i don't think we've ever done it i really don't i'd have if yeah anybody that's listening that wants to prove us wrong please get us going on the twitter sphere here and whatnot and uh enlighten the jaybird watching community on when the blue jays might have actually done that right yeah I'm just thinking, like, even back before they did the realignment with Houston still in the National League, and you only had, remember how it was only you play National League opponents in, Oct- or sorry, not October, uh, uh, June uh, hmm. for that stretch, where it was all National League? You're only playing three-game series. Now you're most often playing either two and two or three and three like they just did with the Braves. So, yeah, I have no idea. I can't even think of a three-game sweep over a National League team they've done any time recently. So, yeah. yeah, that'd be a good trivia question. There you go. I mean, I'm already rocking the trivia, just like we did during COVID, you know? That's true. <laughs> so, Blue Jays fans, get us out there on that one and see what you got. Because, like I said, that would be a nice one for trivia on that one. But on that, on that note, obviously, we just were riding the high of a sweep against the Atlanta Braves. But we did have another series this week that we're going to jump, jump into first. And we're going to talk Houston Astros versus the Blue Jays that picked up last Friday after our last recording. And it started off on a weird note, guys, as far as, you know, things go. The Blue Jays, you know, got unfortunately rocked 
10 to 4 in that first game. And it was definitely not their best showing. Ross Stripling, who we're going to talk about funny enough here in a minute again, night and day compared to today. So, does anybody want to talk this first game through where the Blue Jays were out hit 15 to 6 and lost 10 to 4? <laughs> and just what, what went wrong in that game? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll take it. It it was just, it it wasn't, it wasn't the night, you know? Um, I think the, the aspect of, I don't know. I I just think the Blue Jays are a funny team and with their offense sort of in flux, even though they are performing well and they are actually exceeding expectations without, uh, Springer in the lineup and whatnot. Um, you're sort of white knuckling your chair every game and kind of hoping that everything works out and sometimes okay. it will sometimes it doesn't <laughs> yeah but you know it, it and this is just one of those nights that it didn't but at the same time I'm not displeased with how they've been playing right there are moments here and there that I'm thinking to myself uh, and even in that game um sure but uh, overall I mean it just wasn't their night I don't chalk it up to anything dire or consequential it's just it's baseball man yeah, in that game though, we did get a final pulse from a certain catcher that we put on blast last yes. week. Apparently, he heard us. <laughs> Would be the catch. <laughs> so Dave Jansen picks up his. Uh, that was his first home run, second home run of the season. But it started a nice little trend for him through the weekend. And uh, fellas, he ended up going throughout the rest of the series. Gets one home run there. Gets one the next night, and then finally finishes Sunday off with now four home runs on the season. So, pretty enlightening. What do you think? Do you think we're actually going to see? Danny Jansen's showing up at the plate, or is this just a blip? I hope so. <laughs> you hope that's a blip? <laughs> yeah, I, I, hope, I hope that it's somewhat consistent or maybe a, a taking off point for him or a launching pad or whatever you want to say. Uh, you know what? That home run, I think it was Friday. Um, I don't think that goes out in any other stadium, but if you're Danny Jansen... <laughs> Something had to do. Take take it any way you can get it if you're Danny Jansen at this point. So uh, that's fine. It's still a home run on his stats for the year at the end of the year. Like, yep, I hit one into the Crawford boxes into like the first or second row. Uh, That's fine. Um, If you can say that's probably still a home run in Buffalo. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it's possible. Uh, but yeah, it's. Um, uh, I hope that it's the start of something for him because uh, what they've gotten from the catcher spot thus far has not been good enough for a team that has aspirations of making the playoffs. And what everybody knows is cut back down to five teams this year. It's not the eighth that it was last year, so it's going to be much, much more difficult. Uh, and other teams are on the rise in the American League right now too. So it's going to get crowded as the season goes along. So any any offensive contributions you can get from the catcher spot uh, are welcome at this point. And you know what? If Janny Jansen can hopefully get on a run, go for it. Because uh, I think we were all at our breaking point with him, and maybe he can uh, make us all eat crow. There you go. Well, we can only eat crow as much as everybody else because we were propping him up pretty much until this past Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) But anyway, the one thing I do want to point out from that first game, because this was an ungood trend that started on uh, Friday with the Blue Jays bullpen eating a ton of innings. And it actually looked like we finally were seeing, uh, you know, some of the workload catch up with the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. We watched Tim Mesa come out and give up two earned runs. Ty Tice came out and did two runs. And this is in that same mantra that, that Montoyo has been preaching with the Blue Jays. Just get me four outs. Just get me four outs out of the bullpen. They exactly got four outs, but they also gave up two earned runs. And then eventually Rafael Delis is no longer kind of in the question anymore because of this game. And 
another person that we're going to talk about here in a minute, Ryan Barucki, was this. I think this was the last game he pitched. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's having some shoulder issues too that you know aren't going to land on the IL. <laughs> just just like I haven't had three concussions myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I went Chris Farley there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, was this you know, when the, this this trend was showing in the in some of the stuff that we're going to stress later in the show is the importance of some certain two individuals in our starting rotation. But guys, that was a I think that was what exposed the Blue Jays for that series against the Astros because there were so many you know bumps for that bullpen to really get by, and there was just too many for them to really sustain the offense and eat up innings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I look overall. I'm I'm satisfied with the bullpen and how they've been performing as a whole. But again, this is just one of those games where they just they they couldn't find their footing and uh, they didn't perform up to par. Um, the the injury concerns that you alluded to, Craig, with Dolise and Brucky are concerning for sure. Uh, especially because Brucky up until that point was incredibly. Um, he w- I remember it was a couple episodes ago that I was saying he's a dark horse for one of the most important people on this team out of the bullpen. Um, he had his role solidified. It wasn't, you know, a high leverage type role. Um, and those are really hard to come by, especially now that you have to sort of reshuffle that bullpen around. Um, hopefully everything's okay. And, and legitimately, hopefully he doesn't end up on the, on the IL at all. Um, but you run through that many relievers and you have that many concerns, a, a result like this getting, you know, out hit 15 to six is, is bound to happen. Yeah, especially after stripling only makes it three and two thirds. You know, yeah. It's just yeah. unfortunate. You know, that's kind of how it's going to work, unfortunately. But let's move on to the actual weekend. The Blue Jays were yes. able to take the Saturday <laughs> to four. And ironically, they score eight runs on just five hits. I still think that is the most team that we culturally bludgeon usually people with our offense and our wins. And to see them just go home run, home run, home run through the lineup once again. Danny Jansen had his second home run of the weekend. We got Kevin Biggio in on him. Marcus Simeon, who has been on in an absolute tear, just continues to destroy pitching. And it was good to see this win, even if it was in a little bit of odd fashion, boys. Brendan, you want to kick it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any win in Houston is perfect, especially considering how good they've been uh, to start the season. And as of right now, if you look at the standings, they are very much a direct competitor for the wild card. So uh, picking up any wins over them is going to be huge as the season moves along. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, all I expected going into the series was one win, and that's what they got. So I'm happy with that, um, considering how poorly sat or Friday started with Ross Stripling doing what Stripling does, except for today and his only other start against Atlanta when he pitched pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with how the series played out, and Saturday was nice to get that win on the board. It did give me hope that they would go into Sunday uh, and have a chance to steal it, and I know that that's probably Sunday's game. We're probably going to spend the majority of our time talking about <laughs> one individual in particular, but with that individual who's going to start or, or did start on Sunday, it had me optimistic that maybe they could squeak out a series win uh, because they had a. it was a very good game on Saturday. I think one of the most encouraging things that said the offense was Matt's looks like he's figuring it out again a little bit. I know he still gave only pitched what five innings. I think mm-hmm. he got four runs or whatever, but still like I'll still take that from Steven Matt's the guy who will be your three or your four starter when guys get healthier as the season goes along. Again, I said this last week, Matt's didn't do himself any favors with being as dominant as he was so early in the year. I mean, I'll take it. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but just the expectations uh, every start out, I think we're a little sky high for a guy who probably wasn't going to pitch to an under three ERA. And now he's regressing back to where he is and what he's done. 
or what he started to do against Houston last week. I'll, I'm fine with that if he does that again tomorrow because I think he's on track to start tomorrow. So, so on that note, I think that what we just saw from the, from Stephen Matz over the weekend on against the Astros, anyways, that was a typical Stephen Matz start. You hope for yeah, five, you hope yeah, for yeah. five or six innings and him to 100%. pitch well enough to keep you in the ball game. And you just kind of hope that the offense is going to get you that four or five runs. And in this case, like I said, they got five hits and got eight runs. Perfect. Sold. Not chalk it up, boy. <laughs> so, but that one thing I do want to point out, too, is we were just talking about the bullpen on this one, too. Jordan Romano had come back. back from injury. That game was the last rough outing we've seen since. He's been dominant since that point. Yeah, he had a you know a few hits and whatnot the other night, and it just kind of like extended the outing. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't lose confidence during that. But we'll get to that in a minute. So, but also in that game, Tyler Chatwood, guys, has he just been yes. completely on cruise control, or is it yes. just me? He's been unreal. He's been absolutely unreal. And you know, I, I've <laughs> I've really been talking up David Phelps this year. And I always mention Tyler Chatwood's name whenever I bring up Phelps, but I know he's been injured the last few weeks, but Chatwood has surpassed him like crazy. Um, just every single time Chatwood comes in, I'm not expecting him to give up any runs. Heck, I'm not even expecting him to walk anybody anymore, which is the craziest thing. He's just attacking the zone. They had Mike Petriello on from StatCast and MLB.com yesterday on Blue Jays Central. And the cutter that um, Tyler Chatwood has throwing that so much more than he ever has in the past and it's working out it's been a killer pitch for him and you know what he's kind of reminding me of the way steve delabar pitched in 2013 just a guy Ooh, who raised the bar incredible yeah exactly <laughs> and you know, if chatwood keeps this up that's an all-star berth for him and really rightly is. deserved i'm not I, I, again he's been unreal uh am i expecting him to continue doing this Maybe, but maybe not. But you never know. He could be an all-star. The way he's trending right now, he's been probably, from start to finish, their best reliever this year. And there's a lot of candidates for that, which is awesome. Even some of the depth guys like Castro and Piamps have been good too. But Chatwood's been unreal. There's no other way of saying it. Yeah, knock on desk that he doesn't have that downfall like you were talking about. And the yeah. one thing I think that he's got going for him in his all-star candidacy, he doesn't need uh, Manure Kawasaki to be his cheerleader. He can just... <laughs> just That's go true. right into it. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that entire game, Blue Jays gave up zero walks. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and with the people that we threw out there on the mound, that's very impressive. Zero people that walks. are notoriously known for walking people. And um, yep. I think that's what Maps has to do to be right. I really yep. do. And um, I really just hope he can continue to do that. The one thing I did notice that that one inning where he did give up the runs, you could see he got heated again. We were talking mm-hmm. about that last week. The emotions were high, and he uh, lost control of the ball a little bit. And next thing you know, oh, sorry, there's uh, three runs on the board. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but hey, hopefully um, he kept it in check the rest of the game. And thankfully, the umpire wasn't, you know, pouring gasoline on that fire like he was the other game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyway, let's talk Sunday. We were all super, super hyped up and ready for this game, guys. Actually, after the start that Nate Pearson had in Buffalo, where he struck out seven eight, or okay. eight, I think, in three and two-thirds. So it was very encouraging to know that he didn't give up any walks in that. And we're like, okay, that should translate to it enough to a point. And, boys, I don't know if it was just me or what, but it just looked like he was, um, how should I put this, either not confident or just over complicating himself to the point where he was trying to just be, you know, I'm going to put it here. No, just 
get out there, rear back and fire, boy. Don't worry about doing anything else. <laughs> but didn't look the right to me. Who wants to pick up and run off with the uh, the Nate Pearson start here before we talk about the rest of that game? Yeah, I'll go. I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> here, just so everybody's clear, this is where you the Adam Corsair rant part of the show. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Not that I'm saying that we shouldn't believe in Nate Pearson. Not that I'm saying that this he's he's cooked, he's done, trade him. I'm not suggesting any of that. But since maybe Strowman, give me someone that the Blue Jays have developed in, as a starting pitcher successfully. Successfully? I was going to say Aaron Sanchez for one season. <laughs> I mean, even that had its back and forths, right? A bullpen, starting rotate. It, it wasn't solidified. I, I look, maybe Alec is the guy. Like maybe he's going to be the one to break the the mold, but I'm not seeing it. Like I, I, I am not confident in this organization's ability to develop young pitching. It hasn't happened. Um it's in a starting rotation role. They've been successful when it comes out of the bullpen. They've proven that. And again, maybe they're only asking for five innings, so maybe it's less of a priority. But without a, a solid rotation and without developmental talent within that rotation within the organization to grow into the rotation i just don't see it and nate pearson is sort of uh a a byproduct of that um i don't agree at all with sending him back down despite this poor performance because he's just going to go back to triple a and dominate and he's not learning anything the best person that he could be with right now is pete walker pete walker is the guy that he needs to be around to sort of um you know, pinpoint inaccuracies, pinpoint uh, problems in his delivery, whatnot. I don't know. I'm not. I'm Next not step. part of. That's yeah, what he, he needs. needs to be. He needs to fail at a big league level in order to succeed in the big leagues. And I, I just completely disagree with setting him down. I, I don't see how this is going to be beneficial at all. Um, and moreover, it, it makes you wonder. You know, when you have someone as highly touted as Nate Pearson and how he's been, you know, hyped up within the organization as a prospect and especially amongst the fan base because we love our prospects here. Um, notice who has stayed up and been put into starting rotation role more than once without really being sent down because of consequence other than Nate Pearson, and that's Anthony Kay. Anthony Kay has been given many more opportunities than Nate Pearson, and this is nothing, this is not an indictment. No. On Anthony K. Bobby, I hope if you're listening, this is no diss <laughs> to your brother whatsoever. He's earned his keep. But the organization clearly doesn't think that Nate Pearson has earned enough as Anthony K. And that should tell you something about how they are feeling about Nate Pearson. Brendan, you want to pick it up before I dive in on development and horribleness with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just don't understand where these command issues are coming from because he was never known as a guy who had problems finding the plate uh, in the minors throughout his entire career. And so I don't know if it's a a confidence thing. I don't know if, like what you're saying, Craig, it's like he's trying to guide the ball in to be in the lord of the zone because it's just mind-boggling. You know, I was thinking of this right before we started recording well, because I knew we were going to talk about Nate Pearson. And I saw a few people mention his name. The way it's starting with those command issues, just with all the talent, and it's not just Blue Jays fans hyping him up. It's all of baseball hyping him up. So it's not like it's it's not Blue Jays fans being way too hyped up for our own, which we tend to do as Blue Jays fans, uh, which make it difficult to get rid of prospects and not players when we trade them. But Chris Carpenter had the exact same control issues when he came up. Roy Halladay 
had the exact same control issues when it came up. The difference with those two guys is they still had control issues when they were down in the minors, as far as I know and, and understand. Carpenter was before I became a Blue Jays fan. I'm just going off of what I've read. You're, you're completely he, accurate uh, with that statement. He was one good. of those people that looked like he couldn't find water if he fell out of a boat for a little bit in some of those starts, and all of a sudden you'd see like the glimpse, glimpse of yeah. what it would be. Same thing with Holiday until they you know, stopped throwing him over the top. But in all reality, those two careers parallel each other so right. accurately. The one big difference was that Carpenter went down a level. Right. <laughs> Holiday went, all, went the all, all the way to way one down. single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the difference now is Pearson never had those command issues in, in the minors, and he never has. And Adam, you're probably right. He's probably going to go back and make his next next start and look really, really good. And then people are going to be like, shit, like, why didn't we just keep him up to try to work through it? I agree with uh, with you. Maybe not as strongly, but I agree. I think it was very silly of them to send him right back down. Um, because, like, where else is he going to work on it? He's going to go back down, and he's just going to make people look foolish. I know we're going to talk about him later in the show, so I don't want to dive into it too much, but it's getting to the point with Alec Manoa where it's like, what else are you going to learn at AAA? Like, if you're just making everybody look foolish, like he's done so far, and like Nate Pearson has done so far in his career, work through your struggles at the big league level. I think Blue Jays fans are too scared that we've ruined pitching prospects or even position player prospects in the past from keeping them up too long or sending them back down and bringing them back up and just doing that yo-yo thing to the point, just give them some consistency, work through it. And maybe his second start would have gone better. I would have given it like at that point, it's like, why even call him up for Sunday start? If you had a feeling he was not going to pitch so well that you were going to send him right back down. Why didn't you just give it a K at that point? He was ready. Exactly. They ended up doing the following week anyway. Right, and he's going to start on Saturday, Anthony K. at this point, or tomorrow, whichever day is his, his turn. So I just don't understand why you do that. Um, and Case had his struggles so far this year. They're letting him work through it. I know he's not as highly touted, but, man, Pearson is supposed to be your guy moving forward. It's supposed to be the anchor of this rotation. Let him work through it, because we've seen the glimpses, as you said, with Chris Carpenter. Craig, there's been glimpses of Pearson in the past, even last year, in 2020, before he got hurt and when he came back. He has all the stuff. I just don't know what it is. These controllers yeah. seem to come out of nowhere when it's at the big league level. I don't understand. Well, also, if you if you remember, I mean, you just talked about two separate pitchers, right, in the within the Blue Jays organization at one time, being Carpenter and Roy Halladay. And I feel like those are anomalies, right? Those are anomalies of, of highly touted prospects at the time that were sent back down to work on mechanical issues that ended up being successful, albeit one of which not in the Blue Jays organization. Yeah. Um, but... When it comes to players like Ricky Romero, there was a bunch of yo-yoing and there was a bunch of tweaking with his mechanics until at one point in Buffalo, he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I want to do, right? And it ruined him, right? He didn't even find success in San Francisco. It just ruined him. Same thing with Aaron Sanchez. Ruined him. Think about what they did with Stroman. Landed in San Francisco, too, ironically. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Think about what they did with Stroman. Nothing. They did nothing with Stroman. He came up and that was it. You're here. You're up. And uh, sure, an ACL injury derailed him, but he still came back and had obviously had to go through the system in order to get his legs underneath him, no pun intended. But there was no sent up and down despite attitude issues. There was no sending up and down. He remained a big league starter and he's still finding success today. 
right? And so yeah. that's what you sort of just got to let them work through it. You There are going to be bad at outings. Fuck, they gave Tanner Roark how many bad at outings before they DFA'd him? Like, you can't do this with Nate Pearson? Why? Because he's fragile? I hate this. I hate the fragility aspect of, oh, we got to protect our prospects because we don't want them to be, you know, lacking confidence. No, this is how you learn. This is how you learn how to succeed in the big league level. You get knocked down, you pick your ass back up, and you pitch a gem next time. And he's just going to go to AAA, and you guys are right. He's going to fucking rake on, on the mound. He's just going to strike people out. He's like, I'm ready. And he's just going to go up. It's going to be the same result. you got to keep him in the big leagues. It, I swear if they do this with Manoa, I'm going to be pissed. Once he gets he, called up, he has to stay up. Yeah. And that that that's going to be so fascinating to see how they handle Manoa. Just from the looks of things, he's ready. And I think there is a little bit of hesitancy in my mind, Manoa, just in terms of I don't want them to send him right back down if he struggles. I want to make sure that they do it right. Apparently, Atkins was there last night. We've kind of transitioned to this topic already, but anyways, um, the, only thing, <laughs> the only thing I'll say on um, on the developing guys. Remember, Romero was a chronic knee injury. Like that was going to happen. His, it was going to end his career anyways, the way it was going with him. Um, there wasn't the, and the mechanic change was because he was trying to compensate for his knee issues. That was out of their control. Sanchez at the beginning was definitely in their control. Uh, in 2015, with all the command issues and sending him back really damn good in the bullpen in the playoffs in 2015. And then 2016, he was fine. And then the blister issues came along and he never, never, ever got over the blister issues for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but your your original question, Adam, on the on the development of pitchers since Atkins and Chaparro have taken over, but even before then, I cannot think of the last other than Stroman, a sustained Blue Jays pitcher that they've brought up to have sustained success for like more than two or three years. Like I think Sean Markham, but they traded him immediately to Milwaukee for Brett Laurie. Um, Romero had two good years before his knee fell off. Um, there's nobody else. There really isn't. So there, there is some skepticism. It's sad when you're and, getting into that list where it's so. like Josh Towers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true. Towers actually had one really good year in, in 2005. But yeah. Honestly, still, I think where yeah. you're going to end up, and if you end up d- digging deep into that homegrown pitching talent, you're going to end up running into Brett Cecil and Casey Jansen before you run For into sure. a lot of people. Who and then was they, the with the chops? McGowan. Ta- oh, yeah, yep. McGowan. I love yeah. McGowan. And uh, unfortunately, his... uh injuries caught up with him as well but yeah um people forget that was the rotation one year and that was a solid rotation we actually did really really well with those four guys right behind Roy Holiday for one season yeah yeah so and then all of a sudden we peppered in AJ Burnett and and they all had injury problems (laughs) that's the thing it's always been injuries to derail them Markham tore his uh, uh tore his ACL and had to or not his ACL uh he had to get Tommy John uh, McGowan just never, uh, never recovered. Jesse yeah, Lynch he had the diabetic issues too that were keeping his he, blood yeah. sugars all over the damn place. He couldn't exactly rehab and properly. Jesse Lynch, same thing, arm yeah. issues. Love Lynch Jesse had one really good year. Gustavo Chassin, injury problems after what uh, he was almost rookie of the year yeah. in 2005. Chassin. So they've been able to get a year or two out of guys before it just completely derails. Other than Stroman. Either way, you're other going back to the Angry yeah. Bird era just to. You know, wrap up your point, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I was trying to find out when uh, Pearson's pitching next, but they haven't announced the Bisons. And, uh, Should be guys. tomorrow. It's got to be tomorrow or Saturday. Or Saturday. Actually, be Saturday if you pitch Sunday. Yeah. So, anyway, to that point, putting a bow. 
the Blue Jays had a rough weekend weekend last week in Houston. And luckily, come this week, guys, apparently the weekday Blue Jays played better than the weekend Blue Jays, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did we sweep the Atlanta Braves, we completely took them to school in some really close games that we actually came back in every yeah. one of these games for victories and just completely demoralized the Atlanta Braves to the point where they had to be thinking, oh my God, here they come again, each one of those times. Especially today. We'll get to that. But once again, Ronald Acuna Jr. is un- is a crazy baseball player. I honestly hope for the Braves' sake that the little thing that happened with him at the end of the game today. Yeah. He, uh, for those who didn't watch the game, Ronald Acuna Jr. was running to first base in the eighth, ninth inning. Yeah, I think it was this. I think it was the. Eighth. I think it was the eighth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he was running to first base, and instead of planting on the base while he was trying to run through it to be safe, he kind of came up just a little bit short. So if this was the base, his toe kind of landed here, and yep. dragged it over. And it didn't look very good at all. He collapsed like two, three steps after hopping around after that. And I honestly, like I said, I really hope for the best for him. But I really think that he's not going to be uh, playing for a good amount of time from watching that injury. I'm hoping because he's young and flexible, you know, he's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But outside of Ronald Acuna, the Blue Jays were able to keep the rest of the Braves lineup, who is a very threatening and imposing lineup, pretty much in check the whole weekend, boys. And... Let's just talk, you know, was it Tuesday was the first game, right? Yep. The Blue Jays yes. come back to win 5-3 to three in a game that ended up being, funny enough, a save of the season for Jordan Romano, Trent Thornton's first win of the season. <laughs> yep. And I uh, forget who even started. Oh, Robbie Ray. Stupid yep. me. Another impressive 10 strikeout performance Ten. from Robbie yeah. Ray. So... Which one of you two uh, would like to run with that idea here about talking this game first? Brandon, you love Robbie Ray. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, no, Chris, I was not, Chris loves I was that. Not, <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting the 10 strikeouts after the way he started, because what was it, like a 23 or 24 pitch first inning for Robbie Ray? Yeah, um, including but, a uh, third inning home run by Rob Cunha, who I just yeah, mentioned. <laughs> exactly. So uh, he bounced back after that first inning quite remarkably. And got his pitch count back in line and was able to go six innings. Um, this is who I think we should expect to see moving forward. Just with the changes he's made to his delivery, the changes to his approach, and using his fastball and really making sure that's established, it's been it's worked wonders for him. I don't know what happened in that start against Kansas City uh, that made things so wonky for him, but ever yep. since then he's been unreal. Um, so yeah, I, it, he kept them in the game and they slowly chipped away and then eventually took the lead and. They won the game, uh, and that's all you can ask for from your starting pitcher, especially one who's right now currently your number two, your second best behind Anjin Ryu. He's doing his job, and if not for that 25-24 pitch for a sending, he probably would have gone into the seventh. Uh, and he they would have throw got uh, 99 pitches too. So regardless, yeah. he is actually you know on level with what pitches should right. be at this point in the season. Exactly. So he's ready to go. He's reliable. Um, I think we can all say that pretty confidently now, and. The way he's going, I'm feeling pretty good about the top two. It's just they got to get their last three sorted, except for if he or uh, some ups and downs from Steven Matz, which I think you can expect. Um, In the three spot, who cares? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'll write it off. If you can ride Ryu and Ray, we're looking good. And that's a nice little mix. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Robbie Ray being the strikeout guy, following somebody that's clearly more of a finesse, I'm going to fool you guy with Ryu. 
it's a nice little mix there. Even though they're both left-handed, you're getting something completely different each day when you come to the ballpark with those two. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was the good, good, good sight to see with Robbie Ray running out there. And outside of the, like you said, he had a little bit of a rocky first inning, but he did get out of it. And the, the other parts of that, where he gave up those two home runs, those were really the only two really bad pitches he threw the whole game, and still was able to you know, run through six innings and unfortunately didn't got no decision out of it, but Blue Jays come back and win one and I forget who, Oh, that was the game that Vlad went off, had like three RBIs, right? Yep. 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 Homer that night. Yep. And I think that over the weekend boys, I don't know if we noticed that, but Teoscar Hernandez is starting to heat up. Oh yeah. Which makes this freaking lineup even that much more scary because you already had Semyon who I think after today has a 12 or 13 game hitting streak. Yeah, he's got the Baker's dozen or a dozen. <laughs> and then you sure. got Vlad doing Vlad things. Bo's picking up, too. This top four of the lineup, and then, I've, sorry, I forgot Randall Gritchick can line up at five, basically, now, too. Um, it's getting impressive, and that's still without arguably our biggest bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the one thing that stood out to me the most, uh, not just in this game, but within this series is how comfortable, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but how comfortable Vladdy looks at first. Um, he yeah. looks like he, he's been playing there for years. Did you and, see the highlight at the end of the game today with what he was doing uh, with Robbie Ray, or not Robbie Ray, with Jordan Romano on the mound? Yeah, the, the <laughs> imitating his, his wind-up. Yeah, hilarious. Oh, Jordan yeah. Romano's sitting there doing his thing and doing the, the crouch and everything, and you could they have a camera angle that's on Twitter that I tweeted out right before the show that's looking over Romano's shoulder. And you see Vladdy literally copying every little rock down to the duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the squat, everything. It's and Vladdy that's, doing Vladdy things, which is strange. Exactly. Okay by me. <laughs> that is indicative of him having fun. And that is indicative of him being comfortable and confident in his abilities. And um, throughout this series, he's portrayed that, especially I think it was game two, that he had a nice snag uh, line drive sort of over his head. He just nailed it. He had a couple um, of picks at first base yep, in that second that game too, too. Well, including that one that was, uh, I don't think without him doing that stretch, I don't think that gets him out of the inning. No, dude, it, look, there's a lot of confidence in this kid. And this is just, a, look, I'm not trying to weight shame, but it's a, <laughs> it's a miracle what losing 42 pounds can do for you. I need to worry right? about and, that myself. This and dad he, body's killing me. <laughs> you and me both. He, he has proven it. And uh, I, I just I admire the defensive abilities of a of a player that we had serious concerns with in terms of footwork and lateral agility uh, at third base. It's the transition to first has been as seamless as possible, and it's translating both on the field on defense and at the plate. He is confident, and uh, I I I'm, it's just a joy to watch and couple that with Robbie Ray. Look, yeah, it was a little rough, but still the 10 strikeouts, you'll take that all day. Oh yeah. Um, That's him working out of a lot of trouble with the little bit that he had and being able to have that rear back and fire kind of thing with him. It's insane. I, yeah, I think it's also the fact that he had Reese catching for him primarily. Both games actually. I run. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little different, but again, he's just, uh, put it down and I'll throw it kind of guy. sort of like Burley. Um, what would this team be doing without Robbie Ray? Where would we be? Yeah. We, we wouldn't be in playoff conversation. We wouldn't be a game out of first place be, um, under the under the Red Sox right now. So We wouldn't have 20 it. wins, I guarantee you that. No. 
no, we would absolutely. It might be more on the opposite of that. Like we might have like the coupling of our win and loss record all in one column, yep. Yep. and not in a good one. <laughs> but uh, it, that was one of those games. The first and the third game of this season. I know we'll get to that in a minute, but those were just so fun to watch because it was it was such back and forth the whole time. Those are the kind of baseball games that I love seeing. Today's especially. But yep. I'll wait on that. Let's talk about the game that before you get too excited about. I know yeah. Brendan over here is just foaming out the mouth at uh, talk Robbie Ray, I'm sure. And uh, my friend Jason Lee was having some really good, good times watching him and uh, having some really fun video. I don't know if you guys saw any of those, but he's having a good time showing the wicked hooks that he was doing in the, that game. But very impressive to see Robbie Ray to true to form. Brendan, what do you think seeing him the other night? I already answered that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Are you talking about Ryu? Are we I mean, sorry, Ryu? I meant Ryu. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna. Uh, I should, There's yes. too many R's in this conversation. Yeah, now. Yeah. They're both it, lefty. Just both... one throws gas and one throws finesse. Yes. It's just I, I was anyway. So game two. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. no, now that you now that it's hunted Ryu, yeah, it's it makes more sense awesome. with the Lee comment, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I thought I talked about Where's that already. This one. <laughs> Live show, uh, everybody. Yeah. But no. It, it, doing what an ace should do piss seven innings and keep you in the ball game only give up one run and the only blemish was a solo shot uh yesterday it was he's back to the guy who he was before he injured his butt i know he had that five inning start and he got hit around a little bit um his first start back against oakland but he picked it right back up and it seems like hopefully the glute issue is behind him um we're so so fortunate that that wasn't more major than it was i know when he came out of that tampa game uh with that injury i'm like oh shit like this is the last guy that they can afford to have miss like four five six seven starts in a row luckily there's only one um and even the start that he came back and wasn't vintage ryu they still ended up winning the game against oakland so they're two and oh since he's come back um, his importance to this team is probably equal to Vlad right now, if not maybe a little bit more, given the fact that the bullpen can have a day off, essentially, when Ryu pitches. And he's doing what Roy Halladay did. I have not felt this, con- other than two months of David Price, and we've said this before, um, other than two months of David Price, I've never felt so confident in a Blue Jays pitcher every five days to go out there and win a game uh, and go into the seventh inning or even just a few outs in it if it's not a full seven. Um, he's a stopper. He puts wins, uh, losing streaks to bed, and he hopes hopefully it's a winning streak, and he continued it today or yesterday uh, and into the day. So Ryu's just, he's unreal. There's no, There's nothing else to say about him. Yeah, and more or less the MVP outside of that. If Ryu doesn't have the performance, everybody's talking to Oscar Hernandez, and he gets swept under the rug a little bit with watching the ace of Hyunjin Ryu just run away with this game. Uh, But two home runs for him and three RBIs in a four in a four run game you know that yeah it's the same thing as Vladdy did the night before you know he just put the team on his back and said hey guys we're running with it tonight don't worry about this I got it and it it's very encouraging and I think that we'll we'll talk about like what our takeaways for the whatnot in the week are here in a sec here but I think the biggest takeaway we have over the last week was the fact that they had this pass the baton mentality throughout the whole team whether it's on the in the bullpen, the starting rotation, throughout the bench and into the lineup, whatever it is, the Blue Jays have been able to find a way to get something to contribute every night. And yep. I think that is the biggest thing of this team. And I actually think that the marketing department hit it out of the ballpark a little bit here with the blue grit <laughs> idea with yeah. the Blue Jays here. They really need to start hashtagging the shit out of that. 
<laughs> how does that not happen? We had the come together thing, and then uh, oh, we got the, we're gonna run with this nonsense that we've had. They actually finally got another slogan like that. That's right, and they're not even doing anything with it. <laughs> yeah. So, but how encouraging is it to see that with you guys with Tay Oscar and all this and running with this with the offense finally really clicking, and it's not just one person running with it like it was earlier in the season. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly good to have that sort of backup. Um, and even though he's an everyday player, um, you know, being off with COVID at the time, um, having him come back in. And I, I think it was Brendan, you were sort of concerned with how he would adapt coming back because there have been totally. some players and uh, athletes that have been unfavorable in that aspect. But when it comes to Tay Oscar, it's like he never missed a beat. Um, I want to say his game, his first game back actually from COVID, he hit a home run. Um, You're right it, with that. Yeah. So, he, look, he's been on a tear. And. Having him sort of anchor this outfield right now, um, even though Graychuk has been decent, um, if not pretty good, um, it's encouraging to have that sort of power. Um, the I don't know. He hit the other day, it looked like he hit it off the end of the bat, and it just kept screaming right to center yeah. field. <laughs> he, it's it's one of those things that you're encouraged by in that aspect. I know I sort of shit all over the pitching development. And even though he wasn't really developed completely within our system, he did have some time in AAA with us after the trade. Um, they certainly saw something with him, and he's unleashing it. And if he can do this consistently, he's going to turn a lot of heads, and this is indicative of how the Blue Jays are good at scouting other teams' prospects. <laughs> that the other team we might can't not build be them so ourselves, but we can bring yes. them in. <laughs> we can take them. We can take them young and look like it's a it's an overpay, and it's actually <laughs> it's actually a, an underpay later. Uh, thank you, Liriano. But um, you yeah, I, I think I think with him, you're getting what you exactly what you need, especially in that four spot in the in the lineup it's exactly what you need he's providing you the offense and hopefully this can carry over again i'm not looking i I don't expect this type of consistency all the way through but if on average he can hit like was he hitting right now almost 300 at this point pretty good actually <laughs> no he's over, hit over 300 there you go. that's because pretty of good. today i'm looking all at today's right. box score he went two for there four again today there you go yeah with it with another rbi and i uh, did he had a hope. No, it was he had the. Uh, it was a really nice bloop single that he yes. had. had that drove in a run while we were still trailing. So, anyway, should we talk today's game? Seeing I, yeah, you know, apparently I'm it. just going to interrupt you and force segments. No, let's do it. <laughs> so the Blue Jays today were able to go to eventually do an eight to four victory, but they were trailing pretty much this entire game, and that was mostly due to the fact that Ronald Acuna let off the game with a home run and really put Ross Stripling right on. His toes ran out of the gate in this game so unfortunately I think that's what we're going to get from Ross Sterling the fact that he was able to bounce back and have any semblance of innings pitched in this game boys you know I think that that's just a test to the character that he was even after giving up those two big runs right in the first inning he was able to turn around and actually pitch five innings thought that was kind Yo. of like I said great yeah <laughs> give him credit Dude had nine strikeouts, right? And and it's, I, I probably like you. I watched the game. Well, listen to the game from the beginning. First pitch of the of the entire uh, game to the Atlanta Braves, rather. Um, home run. And I'm like, here we fuck up. This, yeah. this and is... it was like not like subtle fashion either. It was just typical no. Robert Acuna. Oh, boom. Yeah, dude. They, <laughs> they came out aggressive in this game. They were stealing. They were running aggressive. They were pissed to play and you got to give stripling credit to sort of dial it back and just rub that one off and say all right let's go and he had nine k's if you're getting nine strikeouts from stripling 
I'm taking that. Despite the innings, despite the leadoff home run, I am taking that. Five innings pitch, fine. Giving up four hits, fine. But nine Ks, he looked good in this game. Not great, but he looked good. And if he, if that is the type of production, maybe once in a while, because this isn't sustainable, let's be honest. But every <laughs> once in a while that he's going to give you, I will take that and run with it. And I just love how, you know, you have hitters like Ray and Ryu that can hit the ball when in a National League park and they might try. Nah, he just stripling. I don't care. They just hit <laughs> the bat on his shoulder. And when he, I think he had a, a bunt uh, out, but he just jogged gingerly right up the line and was just like, I'm not risking an injury. I know what I have to do for my team today. I fucking love it. Um, this is today's game was, I think, the best game of the series. It was back and forth. It was fun. And getting that type of production out of Ross Tripling, I'll take that all day. I think the more encouraging thing out of that whole thing is this is a team that knows him. He's faced yeah. the Atlanta Braves a ton in his career, being a Dodger up until the last you know season. So the fact that he was able to even go through him at all to the tune of 10 strikeouts is insane. I can't believe it. It's literally like it, it's just eye popping here on these box scores it's like bam <laughs> you know there it is yeah. so and only but, that one home run that's it right yeah I didn't, I didn't get to see any of it so i'm not speaking from anything like anything i'm just listening and, and taking in what i've read uh but I'll, I'll make this comparison to stripling i tweeted this last friday when he was pitching against houston just all the deep counts you know he's not terrible you can see some good pop through every few starts or every once in a while. He's a very typical fifth starter. He'll go out there and at his best, he can give you five decent innings and maybe sometimes he'll get you into the sixth inning. Uh, but usually it's a lot of deep counts because he doesn't have a put away pitch. He reminds me so much of Jay Happ from the first tenure with the Blue Jays. Okay. Jay yeah. Jay <laughs> Line drive to the face, Jay Happ. Yeah, or yeah, as we were named Hap. in my household, it was Jay Hapless at the time. Yes. <laughs> yes. The 2013 Jay Happ that would go out and always throw five innings, always go to 3-2 counts and 2-2 counts, and maybe have some high strikeout games. I remember Happ getting seven, eight, nine strikeout games or five innings. Like, man, if this guy could just go a little bit deeper into the game, he'd be really good. Um, and that back then, Happ was nothing more than a fifth starter, and if you got that from him, you'd be fine and happy. And we're getting that from time to time with stripling. So it's just sucks the importance of Ross stripling right now because of the inconsistency after the top two guys, uh, Matt's obviously. Did we lose him? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> or is he just doing me. like the millennial thing and just, no, no, I think, I think we lost him. Okay. Anyway, Brent, um, Brendan will be back in a minute, I'm sure. But as far as that goes, Adam, it was very encouraging to see. And uh, I think the, the best thing about this whole thing is outside of Tim Mays, the bullpen continued to do the bullpen thing. Oh, uh, he's back. There he is. What? I could hear you guys the entire time. I didn't go anywhere. No, you were you, frozen, You're bro. full on locked up. We thought you were fucking with us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that one time just to just, see what you guys think. Just kind of like lock up and do, you know, like in the, those meetings. It's like, no, oh, okay. <laughs> Before the internet rudely cut me off, I was done my point. So that's okay. fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it was playing the music for him. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't have to you know, tell him to shut up or anything. It was all, <laughs> nope, the internet's like, nope, you're done. <laughs> so, But offensively, like I said, we were actually trailing this game entirely. And it, yeah. the Blue Jays were pretty much in that, like, we're, we're just clawing to stay in this. We're going to, something, if we keep going, we'll keep going, grind it out, 
keep it bats going and some things will happen eventually it did and like we were saying there's some bloop singles a good key hit from Boba Shett gets them back in scoring and um ties the ball game up I was honestly not expecting the Blue Jays to be able to get to the Will Smith ballpark here and really tune him up. And that is where this game completely blew open, and the Blue Jays ran away and stole the series. And I'm going to literally say stole, because in all reality, we weren't winning any of these games to start. And to be able to just put it, you know, pour some sauce on it here at the end of the game, or end of the series, too. That's a beautiful thing, boys. You know, running away with this after being down at one point by two runs, four to two, I think was the way it was mostly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. just chip away it is what it is. And I think that's the team we get to look forward to seeing every night is they're going to just make sure they grind out everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought today's performance was was very good. And, you know, I, look, we, we talk about, you know, the, a lot of the negatives when it comes to team uh, the players that aren't performing well. Reese McGuire notwithstanding, and <laughs> I thought I, I, I want to take the opportunity to give him some credit because, you know, it's not just Stripling pitching that ball game. McGuire called a good game, yeah. and there was a point in this game where they were just cruising. They were locked in with the chemistry, and I he's not a producer at the plate, even though he did have a single uh, in the game. It, it's He's okay, and... I, I really want Alejandro Kirk to come back, but that notwithstanding, um, <laughs> I'll take that sort of outing out of Reese McGuire every now and then if it means having that chemistry with the pitcher. The the offense is completely secondary to that. But if he still, didn't get on base, he's not there for Boba Shet to drive in. Just exactly. Saying. Yep. Bichette is the guy that you're relying on, and he's proving it. Biggio, although he's my man crush Monday, I'm not buying it quite yet. You got, I need to see a little bit more consistency. I saw that home run. I think it's it was on the Houston. Mendoza line. Just saying. Yeah, I saw that home run in Houston. Uh, paid homage to your dad there, but you're still having that uppercut swing, and you got lucky on that one. I need to see a little bit more consistency, and if that starts from today, I think he had two hits today. Um, good. But I need to see more. So overall, I'm very, very, very pleased with today's uh, performance from this team. And if they, uh, Craig, you hit it, if they can have those sort of grinded out performances. And this is without their best player, right? Yeah. And, and a few and, other ones, too. The role they're yeah. not really, like, we, we're still the where are they now category of Loris Gurriel Jr. Just saying. That too. <laughs> oh, no, he's in the lineup? All- oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing anything. But with all these injuries, right, and they're they're four games above 500 right yeah. now, it's very impressive. And they could st- they could be a half game back if the Yankees lose. No, they'd still be a game, right? No, a half game. Uh, if the Yankees lose tonight against the Rays, they're playing. Yep. They could be a half game out of out of the leader of the division, which so, is really realistic. They're playing the Rays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so look, I think today was the. 10-day deadline for when uh, Springer could return. Obviously, we knew it would be longer than the 10 days. Um, give him as much time as you need, and as soon as he's hitting a groove and this team is clicking on all cylinders, we we might have something special. I'm not I'm not going to say it. I think during our spring training show, we hit the nail on the head. This team's going to yeah. mash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope we can pitch it, just enough. <laughs> the fact that they're four games above 500. They've played really, really good baseball the last few weeks. The Oakland series coming back from two games to tie it 2-2. Um, sweeping the Braves the, for the season series 6-0 and against the Braves and going into a Phillies series that should be competitive. And hopefully, actually, they played very well against the Phillies last year. So there's a chance for the Blue Jays to 
finish May, a few games above 500. They're four now, got a couple weeks left, but just keep on chipping away, get a win here, win there, keep winning series. I know Buck Martinez says it at, at like at least once a series or once every few weeks. It's like as long as you win series, you will be in the playoffs because you win more often than you're losing. And you that's what they put that out. Right I already stole that from Cito Gaston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just win series. And if you mix in a couple sweeps, then you're golden, and you can get on a little bit of a win streak, which hopefully yeah. they continue into Philly. So yeah. basically, if you want to put games. this in perspective, yeah. too, a team that was expected to get to the playoffs without any issue, the Atlanta Braves, we are more or less the exact reason why they are a sub-500 baseball team right now at 17-20. Yeah. Yes. yes. So true. you can literally quantify our wins against the Braves to a third of their losses. <laughs> And diehard Braves fans better. <laughs> I bet they're all thrilled that they don't have to play the Blue Jays anymore. It's like they beat us every single game. Uh, and how? This team. <laughs> <laughs> they came back and won every time. Yeah. So, because you can even say that about the first series against the Braves. Didn't we come yeah. back and beat them two out of the three games the in the first series? Saturday game, they definitely came back and beat. And, and, and uh, another took... one was a whomping. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, the Friday was a whopping. Saturday was the game Springer hit his two home runs, so they came back in that one. Um, and I can't remember the Sunday. I think they won Sunday decently and, and took a lead and held on. But anyways, yeah, it, all games against the Braves have been fantastic. And just for the record, <laughs> yeah. the Rays are winning at the moment too, just saying. Oh, good. good, good. <laughs> you know, more to that point, look, and I think I just counted. So 28, assuming that the, July is still on the table to go back to Toronto, as we discussed last week when it comes to the schedule, because – that's the only sort of games after which don't have the in Buffalo, in Dunedin. Yep. 28 games that the Blue Jays are playing are going to be in minor league ballparks. 28 of their next games are going to be in minor league ballparks. And if they come back to full health with a George Springer and they perform up to par, you could be seeing double-digit games in, in terms of their, their run totally. production. Oh, yeah. Totally. Because of that pass the that, that pass the baton mentality, you think let's say like a third of the lineups even hitting when we got it full strength, right? Right now we're scoring how many runs with basically a third of the lineup? <laughs> Just Six, like seven, seven, five, seven. Yeah. So I think you can you could ex- we were talking about this before the season started. I think you can on a normal night for this team you can expect four to five runs easy, and with our yep. pitching that should be good enough. Period. And yeah. I think that's exactly what we've been seeing so far this season. And we're only hoping that it's going to get better on both fronts. So, yeah, that's, there it that's is. the difference right now between the 2015 Blue Jays and the 2021 Blue Jays is the fact that on paper, the 2015 offense was just one of the best I've ever seen. And maybe this team on paper offensively just doesn't have the star power quite yet with the names. Uh, they're scoring a oh, lot, maybe not as much, but the pitching, it's the pitching right now that is yes. bringing the 2021 Blue Jays up ahead of the 2015 Blue Jays for me because the 2015 rotation before David Price and Marco Estrada uh, coming into the rotation was just non-existent outside oh, of you Burley. mean having Daniel Norris? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't anything. It wasn't anything. It was, it was Drew Hutchison. He would have been better out there trucking his van out on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> And the bullpen back then wasn't that good either in 2015. It was okay. It wasn't one that you could ride home and be like, okay, we have a two-run lead in the sixth inning. We could probably protect this. This yeah. year's team, if they have a one-run or two-run lead in the sixth or seventh inning, I'm like, they're probably going to win. And that's a really, really good feeling. Like the starting rotation, the bullpen have ended up finding itself eventually in 2015 as well. They had to find the yeah. candidates to actually fill the bullpen before they could actually run with it. Where we actually – these are this is the same cast of characters we've seen – 
since the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, we've seen a few of the big names drop off and come in and out and whatnot. But either way, it's been the biggest strength, I think, of this team so far, just to keep them in ball games because the offense is doing what we were kind of expecting. But on that note, let's talk possible reinforcement candidate. <laughs> we've been talking about this bullpen or the, the pitching rotation and some of the flaws and issues that we've been talking to up to this point. There is somebody making a hell of a ton of noise for the Buffalo Bisons, and his name is Alec Manoa. And this hype had already started in spring training, and it's only getting more gaudy by the start. <laughs> is really what it's coming down to. I think he's going to end up forcing the Blue Jays' hand. So I guess the question is maybe not so much if it will happen anymore this season with the options that we have going into the starting rotation. But when do you, do you guys see this happening in the near term? Short-term, all-star break, or September, or what? Um, he had 10 strikeouts in his AAA debut. And he did pretty damn good the other night with seven, I believe. So he's, I got he's got 17, 17 total yeah. right now. Yep. <laughs> and didn't he take a no-no into the fifth? Something like, like that. He was just cruising. His and, ERA is zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is, and I think he's only given up like four or five hits in those two starts too. Mm. And there was no walks in his first start. I don't know. I didn't look at the box score the other day other than seeing the seven strikeouts all over Twitter the other night and everybody screaming already, give me Alec. <laughs> so, yeah. um, like I said, I think even, I don't know who wrote the article, but I did see it blatantly plastered all over bluejays.com today that it's more or less, it's like, when is this going to happen? <laughs> so, um, what do you guys think as far as a possible realistic ETA for somebody like this? And I know, yes, we're dealing with all sorts of kind of shuffling and rotation right now, too. That is going to probably play into this more than anything. But we were talking about the developmental bullshit that is Nate Pearson earlier in the show. Now has this become a two-horse race for this other spot that might be available in our rotation with Alec Manoa coming into this conversation? Um, all right, so who's coming out? Like, let's assume for the sake of argument that um, he has a realistic chance to join the rotation next homestand. Who's coming out? It would really Whoever, depend on There's me. really no fifth starter right now. Yeah. I know Kay's kind of doing it, but I wouldn't consider him the starter. Um, okay. So there, there's, I think there's an open spot. Right, but don't we need to? Like, if we're, if we're under the assumption, and I think this is where we landed with Nate Pearson, that he has to come back and sort of work through the issues – we need two spots, yeah. right? And I think Nate Pearson is the priority right now over Manoa. Yeah. I think like he has more of a, of a clear path to joining the, the starting rotation sooner than Manoa, despite Manoa playing amazing, pitching amazing. So let's assume then we need two spots. Who's coming out? So we have that fifth starter that Kay has been sort of filling in. We'll give that to Pearson, who has been pitching awful enough to justify no longer being in the rotation so Manoa can fill that spot. Until today, Ross Stripling. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, so you have to ride this now. Yeah. With Stripling. For a little while. Or with how banged up the bullpen is, and you know that arms are going to start to come back down to their career norms or not, and if starters aren't going deep into games and whatnot, Stripling would make a nice little bullpen arm and be a guy yes. who can give you two or three innings. And I think that's perfect. Once around the order for Ross Stripling, I think he could do amazing in that role. Looks very similar to his like post second inning today. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Brendan. I think that's where you end up going because then you, not only do you have him, you got 
maybe Kay still lingering around that bullpen, but you got somebody that if Pearson or Manoa don't start, end up eating innings off the bat, right? It yep. becomes kind of like um like a double opener <laughs> kind of thing yeah, going sure, on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone that can give you log you winnings. Yeah, so I, I think that's what we're going to have to do because it's not going to be Matt's. It's not no. going to be Ray. And it's not going to be Ryu. Right. So th- those are the, the guys that are set one, two, three in no particular order, rather, in that rotation. So we're relying on a shitty Ross Tripling start. That yeah. is literally what we're I really think that's going to make them pull the ripcord, I think, because right now they're very, very happy with, I'm sure, with their standings and what they've been getting out of this point. But we, we talked about it extensively. This bullpen cannot eat innings like this. They have to find somebody outside of those three guys to get into the damn sixth inning. <laughs> and yeah. so, and um, you can't put all that weight on, you know, Ryu, Ray, and I'm going to throw Matt's into that equation, even though he's yep. only got two starts out of his six. I think that were in the six innings. So I you can't put that weight on them, and I think that they're going to have to hope for a wild card like this because you guys know how it is. They're going to have to play shuffle for this kind of thing until the trade deadline comes along. Otherwise, it ain't going to happen. You know, so because they're going to hope to get one of these guys that finally step up into that role, whether it's K Stripling, Manoa, Pearson, whatever Hatch. the other option is, Hatch, who is apparently, I guess he threw off the mound the other day, they were saying. So mm-hmm. apparently maybe he's actually progressing back into the norm. So you're hoping for one of those five guys to really solidify that fourth spot. And I think they're hoping that one of those people take that spot and then they can turn around the trade line and get that guy that pushes them over the top. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that's what you got to bank on. you got to bridge to the gap to that point. And right now... It's throw the guy that might be the hot hand in there. And right now there isn't a hand that might be hotter than Alec Manoa. You feel comfortable doing that only after two games, though? Like, no. I, I feel like this is rushed. I think yes. this is two, three weeks down the line. Don't and, yes. and then okay. we can start talking about this. I'm not talking bring him up for his next start. If I'm bringing anybody up for the next start, I'm hoping that, a- that Nate Pearson has a good start this yes. weekend. And yes. then I maybe give him the start he probably should have just had for the Blue Jays this weekend. The only reason Manoa is in conversation right now is because there's essentially two holes in this rotation. Right. Uh, obviously, if there wasn't, there wouldn't be as much a sense of urgency. But because of those two holes, there's more urgency to fill them right now. And that's why Manoa is very much top of mind for people. And I think people just need something to look forward to because Pearson isn't giving them that right now. Well, that and there's this whole fun conversation here that everybody has been hype, hype, hype on the Alec Manoa train, right? Everybody is yeah. not realizing the SWR-ness that's going on in uh, New Hampshire, and I don't think he's going to be in New Hampshire very damn long either because he's been very impressive in his first two starts for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats too. They're not too far off in terms of when they start. I'm pretty sure SWR is like the day after Manoa, so my guess is I think he's if starting these guys, right. yeah, close enough where they can uh, juggle it around a little bit so that if Manoa gets called up in three more starts, three more weeks, four more weeks, SWR is getting the call up to Buffalo to fill his spot in the rotation. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a given at this point. And yeah, that should I, have people excited. Mm, yeah. I would, I would t- just bluntly answer. Yeah, to bluntly answer the question, I think we're going to see Manoa before the trade deadline. I do too. But I don't. Th- maybe June. Yeah. I, I don't. Maybe by Canada Day if they're going to push it. I don't think service time manipulation is a thing here. I really don't. I think win the games Bougies are over that. Yeah, they're yeah. they're trying win to win games. games. Um, so the latest, I would say Canada Day. 
Yeah. I really don't think that they can not pull it before that. I really think that that mid, I, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if these ends up pitching that series mid June that I'm hoping to be able to get tickets to in Buffalo. Oh, you'll get tickets, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, they pushed Just the kidding. damn date. I was supposed to be buying tickets today, but apparently the Just reason kidding. they pushed the uh, the ticket buying back a week was the fact that they think they're going to have more New York State legislation this coming week. Like pos- lifting? To yeah. list, lift more of the sanctions and stuff on how many people could attend. Because they, when they were announcing the ticket sales last week, they were saying 35% of uh, the Salem Field. Right. There apparently the chances are with what they're trying to do in New York City, it will be a hundred percent to people that are vaccinated. Mm, right. That's what the current New York State stuff is. If you can prove that you have both your vaccinations, boom, baseball Come on tickets. <laughs> yeah, there's like they have a vax section. Right now, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. yeah. The thirty-five percent, and then they have a whole section that will be full. I think it's on each of the foul pole areas. Mm-hmm. That yep. they're going to be, quote unquote, the back zone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say by Canada Day, the latest. And you're probably right, Craig. If it's that mid-June season, probably. I, mean, I would just love to see problem. him come up and just blow the Yankees away. But that's besides me. You know, just really bury them in that ballpark that they completely despise, and yeah, then just it. demoralize them further. And watching Alec Manoa mow through them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can't tell I live in New York, can you? <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, boys, is there anything else you want to wrap up here before we do picks to click and chit chat on that front here? Not that I can think of. I'm good. Okay. So, last week on our picks to click, Mr. Brennan Panikar had Teoscar Hernandez, who we, if you are paying attention and keeping score at home, we've talked about him a lot during this show already this week. <laughs> Feeling good about that. Mr. Corsair felt like Ryan My Coattails with Randall Gritchick, who, due to fan voting, got me a win from last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, he had a decent week. Lots of RBIs, yeah. but he didn't have the uh, gaudy home run stuff that he did. But once again, you've had good picks, but you aren't no, taking it to I that next him. level. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had one good start from Hyunjin Ryu, his best of the season, thank God. And then um, last week we had um, a plethora of fan votes that came in for who could be whatnot, but more or less it comes down to we had Ray again <laughs> from Chris yep. Keys. Um, I, I think it's a three-horse race here between Teo, Ryu, and Robbie Ray for last week. What do you guys think? I, I don't... Oh, I, I forgot. Think... Chris changed his pick. He did Boba shot. To Bull, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Boa had a clutch hit. I'm going to... I'm gonna. It's, it's obviously no offense to Chris. I don't think Boa did enough all week to justify the win. Um, that 10 strikeout performance is really attractive. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not taking anything away from Ryu. But on but that, ten, on that fact strikeout. now, nobody's, nobody's got Ray, Robbie Ray on the last week's pick now because of this whole... Oh, I forgot okay, that so Boba Shet was really oh, uh, Chris's true, pick. True. So yeah, yeah. it comes down to... Teo or Ryu. Teo or Ryu. See, this, and I would, as much as I, as much as I would love to say Ryu, Tay Oscar was something phenomenal this week. Yeah. He really carried that. the team just as much as Vladdy did in a couple of games. You could, you were inserting the two of them as the main offensive contenders in each game, alternating all week. So I think we're going to have to give Brendan Panikar, or at least that's my vote, 
a week. Yeah, uh, I'm going tail. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give myself a vote. I was just. <laughs> Wait, I hold just, on. I got this. Back. <laughs> that's where it gets tough with pitchers in this. And that was my strategy all year and even the year prior is you get one good start out of a pitcher, even if you have an offensive guy that you've chosen or going up against and they had a decent week, not like a phenomenal week. The pitcher's going to get it. Like if if it was if I didn't pick the Oscar, let's say I picked Lourdes, who didn't have a good week. And it was between Grichik and Ryu. Grichik had himself a week, but not enough to overtake that star from Ryu. So I guess. Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is the Oscar's performance this past week did way more for them than the one reuse start i guess yeah agreed just for the other fun this and for those like i said keeping score at home west from the jay's jam podcast submitted danny jansen as his bold pick for three days that looked really really damn good yeah it did <laughs> but yep. he is barely batting 100 again yeah <laughs> back down to 105 after today's pinch hit oh sorry i'm saying back up to 105 yes. after today's yes. pinch hit and then we Craig, had a... didn't you get the record right didn't you say four and two I did, but I actually said backwards. Right. I said yes. we were going to sweep the Astros, and then we were going to get them from the Braves. <laughs> that's okay, though. You still got the record. You still got four and two. Yeah, but I'm not keeping – that's the tiebreaker, remember, Brian? Oh, okay, that's not, true. That's not – no points. Although, apparently, uh, Richard Burfer gave Adam points for the beard on Twitter. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, but – Smink. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And then we also had from Coach Keith on Twitter last week a Nate Pearson bold prediction. I'm sorry to say, Coach Keith, but next week, hopefully, or <laughs> next start, hopefully for Nate Pearson, we are going to get you back on that bold prediction. <laughs> so this week, fellas, what do we got coming and brewing this week? I forget who we're playing. <laughs> I meant to Phillies, look it up while we're in Phillies. Phillies. Red Sox. Yep. Red Sox. Yep. All right. So the Phillies have been very up and down over the last weeks, and they've been actually, funny enough, riding Andrew McCutcheon the last week who has had a little bit of a resurgence in his career. Thank God. I, I've always loved Andrew McCutcheon. Me too. Um, and then top of the Red Sox, who are still somehow lingering in first place. Fuck. <laughs> <Ball. laughs> so who do your picks to click, and what's your record for this week? Um, Adam, you want to go first? Yeah, I need a win. And um, keep in mind that we're recording Wednesday during the game, so I don't know, yeah. going off of just four complete results, or is a live update with one of your players going to count in there as I well? I think they're in that game until the point where we get to the picks to click. Everything is live. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, five agree. games. That's five games, so that's cool. Yep. All right. Uh, so th- now that they're coming back to Deneen, Philly is riding pretty hot. I'm going to go two out of three against Philly. And you know, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. They're gonna sweep the Red Sox. Oh, Woo! there it is. So yeah. you're talking. Is that a in one week then? Or is it? Yeah. Five? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. No, they go two and three. Yeah, four and one. Yeah. Yep. Just checking. And you said who again? I'm sorry. I didn't say anyone yet. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought you said somebody. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right. Um, I need a win. I need a win bad. Call the pen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, give me Bo. Bo plays well in Dunedin. Give me Bo. <laughs> there you go. Honestly, that was uh, you're stealing pick. that pick from me. So maybe some of that. Rough, I'm gonna send it. Yeah. <laughs> Just give you a, a little hair, hairlock throw here. So yeah, good please. deal. <laughs> Mr. Panikar, give me your record and your pick to click for the week. Two or three of the Phillies for sure. Um, I just noticed, guys. I checked this afternoon, and Sunday was penciled in the F1. It's now changed to. Chase Anderson on Sunday for the Phillies. Old friend Chase Anderson. Oh um, 
other than Saturday when Aaron Nola's pitching, and Nola, for those who aren't familiar, is legitimate bonfire. Um, tomorrow's Vince Velasquez, so I'm feeling pretty good about two of those three games. Maybe they can squeak one out from uh, Aaron Nola, uh, but two there. Um, don't know the probables for Boston yet, but um, if we're just picking the first two games because we're recording live um, on Wednesday, then you know what? Just give me those two. I'll, I'll go uh, four and one. There you go. Brandon, take, take the sweep. <laughs> take the sweep. He just wants to have him drinking your Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> take the sweep, man. Come on. No, I can't do that. Not Come yet. on. I'm good. I'm feeling good. He's over here. For all series win. Come on. Come on. Series win. <laughs> Right. Series wins. Fine, fine. Uh, okay, Cito. I mean, Buck. Yeah. Win series. <laughs> yeah, win series, man. That's all you gotta do. Um, and my player, um, give me Simeon. He's been hot lately. Gonna ride so. the hit streak. Yep. There you go. And once again, he's gonna steal my next pick. He's. A, I'm just gonna keep going down the list, boys. <laughs> so, but um. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the one thing. Even though I, I think one of the best pitching for performances I've actually ever witnessed was pitched by Vincent Velasquez. I happened to be watching a game when Giancarlo Stanton was still on the Miami Marlins that last year where he won the MVP. He fanned him three times in that game and struck out sixteen. That was an insane wow. start. That was the best start of anybody I've ever seen live, and. I can't believe where the career of somebody that should look like Aaron Nola in my mind is completely derailed. So I think the Blue Jays offense is going to take advantage of the now non-Eflon start that Brendan alluded to and the fact that Vincent Velasquez is not the guy I saw three years ago when I picked up my Philly Fanatic that's sitting over here on the shelf. <laughs> there you go. So I'm thinking the four-on-one thing sounds right. I don't, I'm not even going to argue with it. I really can't even say I'm going to keep that just different for the sake of the tiebreakers. I think it's legit. Um, right. I think they have a chance to really take it to the Red Sox this week and – yeah, it's going to be a good time. I really think that the Blue Jays' offense is just too hot right now to run through any pitching that they come up to. And worst-case scenario, maybe guys there's a sweep in there against the Phillies. You know, Maybe this is the time they finally get to Aaron Nola. You never know. You know there's just nice. a lot of hotness going on in that, bats, um, right, in that bat right now. And as far as the actual who I think is going to be running away with it this week, um I'm going to ride Tay Oscar. I really think that he's going to be the one that runs with it this weekend. So we're going to go with that. And right. apparently we got our first submission already from Chris Key. He went Chatwood. Nah. Romano. Nah. <laughs> kind of has all question marks across the stuff. And then he's going to go with Robbie fucking Ray again. <laughs> Can't so, say again because he went with Bo. Yeah. yeah I, well, I'm saying again because now I guess he's going no, back I know. To <laughs> I know. You left your boy. You're unfaithful, Chris. <laughs> that, that's a side bay. He's, he's coming yeah. back to main bay. Yeah, you went to your side chick and, you know, although that, you know, nice, nice bloop single and all, but come on. <laughs> per the usual, uh, we will be giving out shout outs and other fun for uh, Blue Jays fans that do uh, submit their uh, pick to click for the games that follow the show. And if you get them in before Friday evening's game starts, I will take them all and we will make sure we count those as picks for the week for the guest spot. Because once again, um, we got to do some better job, I guess, of scouting our own talent to join our terrible little barroom chat here and <laughs> see what the heck happens. But um, anybody have anything to add before we do our normal sign off of two claps and a Ric Flair? Uh, yeah. Uh, side note, Bill's schedule. Love it. So go <laughs> Buffalo Bills. 
Um, Let's go and, Buffalo. Uh, Blue Jays. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a good series. That's all I got. There you go. <laughs> so inspirational. Hey. Yeah. Vladdy Vicious, I'm feeling this week, too. That's the other catch. I really was thinking him as my other pick. <laughs> Let's do it. There it is. Ready, boys? Let's go. Woo! Blue Who needs a beer? Get vaccinated. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.